Season 2, Episode 120, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism. Season 2, Episode 120, he heals the ten lepers and explains the nature of the kingdom of God to the Pharisees and the disciples in Samaria or Galilee as he is moving back across, he's moving away from Jerusalem and the Jews that want to kill him after he healed Lazarus, raised Lazarus from the dead and is moving back east of the Jordan into the region of Perea which is about a thousand square miles, 50, 50 miles wide, 50 miles long north-south and about 20 miles wide on the southern part of the Jordan River, east bank of the Jordan River, uh, down about halfway uh, down the east bank of the Dead Sea. Anyway, um, we're going to take a look at Luke chapter 17 verses 11 through 37, that's 27 verses. So I'll be able, probably able to fit in uh, uh, Daniel 317, 3-7. Oh, well, we'll get the name when I get there. Uh, based on A.T. Robertson's A Harmony of the Gospels for Students of the Life of Christ, copyright 1922, and C.I. Schofield's Schofield Reference Bible, copy 1909, Rick Myers eSword free Bible app for the PC, and Bible Hub online commentary which I used for it and I will talk about it when we're talking about the second coming of Christ okay um, all right so we are located uh, I think moving north um, in Samaria and Galilee so he's left Judea and he's in Samaria which is north and not very many Jews or at least, uh, uh, what would you call them? I'm just going to say kosher Jews would not, they would go along uh, the Jordan River Valley. Anyway, to avoid Samaria. Um, the capital of it being Sychar, where the woman at the well trusted Christ and stronghold of Christianity there. Uh, the Samaritans are Jewish. They're just... Uh, Jews that don't go to the temple three times a year, basically. And they've got a lot of, they're the northern kingdom, they never had a good king, uh, a lot of problems with uh, the divided kingdom. While in the south they had seven good kings, about half of their kings were good in the south, in Jerusalem. All right, so David being one uh, I'm not sure if Saul's listed a good king or not. Probably not, because he seemed to have gone crazy. But uh, I think uh, Hezekiah, uh, Josiah, there's seven of them that are considered outstanding kings of the kingdom of Israel, as opposed to uh, the kingdom, uh, the northern kingdom. Anyway, the kingdom. Anyway. Moving right along. All right, so we uh, are in part 10, the latter Perean ministry. We are on episode 120, and we're going to stay in the latter 
part 10 ladder pray and ministry until we get to uh, episode 27 and I looked ahead episode 28 is uh, looks like it's in two parts A and B and it has um, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem so we're in the last week of his life and we've got episode 11 episode 12 episode 13 and episode 14 Episode 14 is his post-resurrection, 16 lessons on his post-resurrection ministry. The resurrection, the appearances, the ascension of Christ up. And as you see him going up, you will see him coming down. And in today's lesson, we're going to talk, he's talking a great deal, of, I mean, just a couple of weeks before he's crucified, He uh, he's talking about... Um, how lightning can be seen from far away. So so will the second coming of Jesus Christ be like lightning. Anyway, we'll, we'll, I'll read it to you verse by verse. All right, so uh, episode 20 again is uh, he heals the 10 lepers and explains the nature of the kingdom to the Pharisees and the disciples. All right. Uh, Daniel chapter 7 verse 13. I, I'll try to put this in the notes today. Uh, the I think it's called the episode page on uh, Spotify. I'm not sure what the other ones call it. But whatever your phone uses or your computer uses, I think will be fine. I, I've got a lot of different uh, podcast platforms uh, that are that people listen to. Uh, around the world. All right, 33 nations. I saw Daniel chapter 7, very appropriate for this lesson. I'm glad I kept reading it as often as I could. Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. I don't know what I said before, but Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. I, Daniel, this is written, Daniel lived in captivity. That's that's 40 that's 14 generations before uh, Christ. 14 generations from Abraham to David. 14 generations from David to the captivity. And 14 generations from the captivity to, in which Daniel was taken into captivity to Babylon. And uh, God, Shekinah Gori, left the temple. Read Ezekiel, that young prophet when he had just turned 30 and was going to be a prophet and a, and a priest in Jerusalem. God's, uh, God allowed Israel to be taken prisoner by Nebuchadnezzar. And then uh, they spent, oh, I would say 70 years during the Babylonian kingdom and then the world changed hands to the Persians, Medo-Persians for another 35 years. And Daniel lived through all of that. He called the end of the Medo-Persian uh, empire with the, the handwriting on the wall. Anyway, uh, I saw, I, Daniel, saw in the night visions, I think prophets had visions back in the Old Testament, and they wrote them down. And behold, one like the Son of Man, this is the Son of Man, deity of the Son of Man, uh, by the context, 
came with the clouds of heaven. This is describing the second coming, not the rapture, because he doesn't come to earth in the rapture. And he does in the second coming. In the Battle of Armageddon, you'll see it today. Today is the greatest lesson on the second coming. Uh, and, I, and it means so much more when you read it in order and realize that it, this is being given just a couple of weeks before his crucifixion. I really don't know how long it is before his crucifixion, how long these next five parts are going to take up to 27 and his triumphal entry. Daniel chapter 7 verse 13, And I, Daniel, saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before the Ancient of Days. And they would be the, the angels that wait on him, uh, the 144,000 that have been in heaven, since they were slaughtered by the Antichrist, and this is the end of the tribulation, and they've been calling for, I hate to use the word, but I think it's vengeance, is the word that they use in the King James anyway, upon those on the earth that did this, and that's what's happening here, vengeance on those on the earth that did this. And came to the Ancient of Days, that would be God the Father, who's, as I understand the narration, uh, he is on heaven when Christ comes, or he's on earth to receive his son back to earth, uh, the Ancient of Days, God the Father, the Son of Man, the God, the Son, or as John likes to call him, the Word. Uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Anyway, poetic, but ancient of days, and they brought him, they being the angels, the 144,000, the dead in Christ, and we that have been caught up in the rapture and have been in heaven at a banquet for the marriage feast of the Lamb for, uh, for seven years, a little less than seven years. And they brought him near before the ancient of days. Okay, that's what Daniel 7, and I'm going to hopefully get that put in the uh, beginning of the the episode page. All right, moving on to season two, episode 20, where Jesus heals the lepers and explains the nature of the kingdom of God to the Pharisees. I think he, he explains it both literally and spiritually. The kingdom of God is in you. That would be spiritually. The kingdom of God that's established on the earth would be physical. Why we get our new bodies, because we're gonna, I guess, interact with uh, people. And when Jesus does that, he gets in his body. And, and God is a spirit and must be worshiped in spirit and in truth. So uh, I, I guess he takes on a body or when he comes to deal with, when he's gonna be the Ancient of Days here, sitting on his throne. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. So that pretty much is where A.T. Robertson gets in Samaria and Galilee, which if you have a good map, just on the west side of the Jordan River, all the way to a coastal region, which is pretty Gentile, but anyway, to the ridge line of the Jerusalem, draws a line between Jerusalem and the Sea of Galilee. All right, uh, verse 12. 
And Jesus entered it. I'm going to read the pronouns. So Charles Ryrie told us to do that. So as he entered into, as Jesus entered into a certain village in Samaria, I would assume, because that comes before Galilee. Um, as he entered in north, as you travel north, as he entered, he just left. Uh, what was the name of that place? Um, he just left um, Ephraim, and then he's got a, a probably a at least a twenty-mile walk to Sychar, the capital of Samaria. But I don't. I'm not sure that he's in Sychar. It doesn't matter. It doesn't say that. It says. Uh, verse 12 and Jesus entered into a certain village so I'm just guessing that it's Samaria it's Sychar there met him ten men that were lepers which stood afar off this does not sound like a parable this sounds like the narration of Luke under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit uh, quoting Jesus Christ under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit Verse 13, and they lifted up their voices, the ten, the ten lepers, and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when Jesus saw the ten lepers, he said unto them, see, there's somebody mentioned in this, Jesus is in, a, in the player here, and parables he's not a player he's not physically present he might be spiritually you know understood to be the, the lord of the manor or whatever the parable is about anyway verse 14 and when jesus saw them the 10 virgin uh, the 10 lepers he said unto them go show thyself unto the priest that's something you're supposed to do if you are cured but he was kind of jumping the gun on these guys. But because of what it says, the next sentence. And it came to pass that they went to Jerusalem to show themselves unto the high priest, unto the priests, unto the priests, as the Mosaic law says you do if you're healed. They were cleansed of leprosy. I bet they were pretty excited. But only one of them Verse 15, and one of the ten, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, if Jesus is not God, there's not a, an apostle, there's not a living soul, believer, that would accept worship of another human get up I'm, angels don't accept worship God does that's like there is no God but one behold the Lord thy God is one God anyway uh, like commandment number one um, one God verse 12 and fell down on the one that turned back, fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving Jesus thanks. And on top of it, he was a Samaritan. 
Now he's talking to Samaritans here, but at the same time, he, uh, you know, he's, uh, I don't know if there's Pharisees uh, following him. They kind of like to do that, but and G priests don't follow him that much, I don't think, because they pretty much their they, their work is in Judea by the temple. Verse 17, and Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are found that return to give glory to God. There, there are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger, this uh, Samaritan. And Jesus said unto him, who's on his face worshiping him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Now, if you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior, if you don't know you're going to heaven when you die, try this prayer. God, the best way I know how, I'm trusting Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'm trusting Jesus Christ to take me to heaven when I die. Amen. And if you're like me, you're going to look up in that prayer and you're going to say, I don't feel any different. I didn't see any fireworks. I didn't hear any bells. Nothing happened. And I'm going to tell you what was told me. It's not a feeling. Some days you'll feel good and some days you'll feel bad. I went away, not overjoyed with my salvation. Not I, If I had faith, it was the grain of a mustard seed. It was, just, it was very small. God, I believe, helped on my unbelief, which, by the way, is 99% unbelief at this point. But, it, but let me just tell you this. If you can agree with me when I say, if I never see you, I will see you again in heaven if you trusted Christ. If you can think about that, process that, and say, you're right, then I, personally, I went in the matter of about a minute after leaving Jack to... to going through his living room and passing a girl, we'll call her Sue, sitting on the sofa, looked up and said, if I never see you again, I'll see you in heaven. And that, I didn't, that didn't do it for me. It wasn't until I said, you're right. So if you can say, you're right, you will see me again in heaven one day, like somebody said in church last Sunday to me. Um, I'll say, boom. I'm looking forward to that. If you can't, if you're not full of confidence, if you don't believe it's a gift, if it, you believe it's 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 uh, a reward, then you don't have the right picture. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And and part of my salvation that night was asking Jack, "Are you telling me it's a free gift with no strings attached?" And he said, "The right answer for me. Praise the Lord, you understand it." I'm going, "Whoa." For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, whosoever believeth in Him, believeth in Him means completely on Him. Like when I jumped out of airplanes, I believed completely and totally on a parachute I'd never seen. The guy told me that 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 I think they gave it to me, or said, when I picked one out, I think you pick out your own reserve. And he said, uh, uh, "That's my dirty laundry." Anyway. Uh, just civil servant wanting to mess with guys jumping out of airplanes for the first time. 
after that, it didn't matter. They could say all they wanted to. I knew that parachute worked and that I was going to see it and it was going to save my life. There, thy faith, I had a lot of faith in it the second time. It made no difference. I was, it worked the first time. It, it doesn't, it only works, Christ only works once. You're born again. You're not born again and again and again and again. You don't lose your salvation and get it back by trusting. The Bible calls that crucifying Christ the second time, afresh. Don't do it. Don't go to your parents and go, I don't believe you're my parents. I don't believe you're my parents. I don't believe you. No, you might get away with that one time. But if you want to know who my adopted boys are, look at their birth certificate. Pete and Barbara. All right, and he said unto them, they got new birth certificates when they got adopted. And our names were on them as mother and father. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. To the first, the, 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 what were they? They were just, were they special? Show yourself on the, no, they weren't priests. They were just, just regular Joes. They were lepers. I don't know if leprosy was, a common thing back then, but I know they were shunned tremendously. And, uh, but anyway, we're, okay, uh, go that way, thy faith has made thee whole. Again, what gives faith its power is the object of that faith. If I would have carried an umbrella and said, I don't need the parachute, I'm just going to use this, I saw Mary Poppins, I'm just going to use this umbrella. It's a very nice British, strong, best umbrella I've ever owned. I'm going to give that a try. Jump, jump out into the prop blast or the jet blast and see if that, how long that works. Anyway, um, but you fall out of the jet blast before your parachute opens. But uh, anyway, doesn't matter, sorry. All right, verse 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, the Pharisees are obviously following him into Samaria. The Pharisees would, I guess, but not the Pharisees had a lot of rules they didn't keep, but they expected everybody else to keep them. And he was just like the people that tell you you got to work your way to heaven, you got to make Jesus Christ Lord of your life. They haven't done that. They didn't come close. They can't even make him trust him as Savior. And when he was, and you don't have to make him Lord of your life to be saved. You don't have to make any. It's a gift. You don't merit salvation. It's the participation trophy. There are trophies, there's crowns for good service that are eternal. You take them off your head when you're in the presence of the Lord, but you can look that up in the Old Testament. But, and when the kingdom of God should come. Okay, it, you know, this is 2,000 years ago. It hadn't come yet, but I think it's coming soon. 2,000 years is a good span. I mean, it was 2,000 years from, from uh, Abraham to Christ, 42 generations. Anyway, um, and I, I think generations are anywhere from 30 to 50 years. I, don't, I really don't know. I, I would lean towards 50. I say the world, everything changes every 50 years. Not, not, my, not me, but I, I'm a different person, but uh, I'm more bold with the gospel. But, and when the kingdom of God should come, okay. And when he was demanded, 
of the Pharisees. The Pharisees are demand. Tell us, answer this question. When? When the kingdom of God should come? He answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. I think this is the, the, the spiritual definition here. He's going to get very literal in just a minute. But this is the spiritual side of the argument. God's a spirit and must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. And inside of you, that would be the spiritual realm, the figurative realm. The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. These, the 144,000 who I think he's ultimately teaching here, because these guys are, these disciples and Pharisees are, they're long dead. But the 144,000 who are going to read this, the 70th week of Daniel, when the church is raptured out, which could happen today, it's not a big, you know, no big announcement. I do think there'll be a lot of dead bodies on the ground, but that's just my opinion. He's going to talk about dead bodies on the ground here in just a minute. But I think he's talking about the second coming, not the rapture, because the 70th week of Daniel is for Israel, called the 70th week of Daniel, Old Testament prophet. The Jews are coming to Christ. They'll, and I shall pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication, and they shall mourn for me as one mourneth for they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. They shall look upon me whom they have pierced. My wife taught me that verse when she shared it with a Jehovah Witness in our first year of marriage up in when I was a student at Tampa Bay Bible College. Anyway, Zechariah twelve ten. I should put that one in here too, but uh, I will if I have room. Zechariah, the, the kingdom of God is cometh not with the spirit of observation. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. So that's a spiritual thing. If you're born again, you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit and he will he's the earnest of your salvation. I don't think he's ever going to leave you. You're never going to leave his side. He's never going to leave you. Um, but maybe he'll be spiritually with you in heaven now. I you know, I think he, well, whatever. He's part of I guess it's also figuratively he lives inside the believer, but um verse 21, neither sh I think he's physical because that's why the church is raptured out because the Holy Spirit would be here if the church was left here. And do the new saints get the Holy Spirit? I'm going to say no. The tribulation saints, people that trust Christ the next day, the morning of, uh, I, I, do they get the Holy Spirit? I don't think they physically do because that would change when he that leadeth the Holy Spirit that hinders Satan is, is removed. That's what makes the tribulation so awful. As you will see here as Christ talks about his second coming which really puts an end to the tribulation. His second coming puts an end to it. And all the dead bodies there of all the people that have been cast in the lake of fire. But anyway, I think like when we were caught up in the clouds to be with the Lord forever and the Holy Spirit went with us, uh, I think our dead bodies were here. And I think that's going to happen when, seven years later, when Christ returns, a little less than seven, uh, Christ returns, he will, um, the, when, it, when the people are taken then, you don't want to be taken then. You want to be taken at the rapture. 
but you don't want to be taken uh, when the ones that he's going to talk about here are taken because they're casting like the goats are taken they're casting like a fire for a thousand years and then they face the final judgment of the lost which is called the great white throne at the end of the tribulation and then the earth passes the heaven and the earth passes away with a great noise that's the big bang there is a big bang but it hadn't yet yet and the earth will pass away with a great noise and so and um, got myself confused here okay verse 20 and when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come he answered and said the kingdom of God cometh not with observation neither shall they say lo here or lo there for behold the kingdom of God is within you the whole idea of the new birth, the new man, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that occurs at salvation. If you pray that prayer and you trust Christ, you'll have the Holy Spirit right that, at that moment. You'll be baptized with fire and with the Spirit. It's a spiritual thing, okay? The kingdom of God, I don't think you'll feel anything. When you get that grain of faith, the grain of a mustard seed, you will be born again. God, I believe, helped out my unbelief. You got to throw that into the prayer. How about this prayer? God, the best way I know I'm trusting Christ as my Savior. God, help my belief. Help help my unbelief. I'm trusting Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'm trusting God to take me to heaven when I die. I'm trusting Jesus Christ to take me, take me to heaven when I die. I'm sorry. I'm, but it's not a memorized prayer anyway. Okay, all of the above. But, uh, God, the best way I know how I'm trusting Christ my Savior, I'm trusting Jesus Christ to take me to heaven when I die. Um, uh, God, I believe, helped out my unbelief. Amen. All right, verse 21. Neither shall, and then tell somebody you did it. I trusted Christ my Savior today. The best way I know how. And I didn't make any promises. Tell somebody that. Tell them I'm going to heaven when I die. If you, you know, if you, if you can. I'm not asking you to make anything up. Anyway, verse 22. And Jesus said unto the disciples, The days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man. Well, now the disciples and 144,000 have something in common. They're martyred more or less to the last man. John died on, in, in prison. But... Uh, ye shall not s okay verse 22 and he said unto the disciples which is just like talking 144,000 the days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the son of man oh when you're being crucified or stoned or beaten with oil beaten with whatever beaten to death ye shall not see it, and ye shall not see it. Okay, you're gonna, the 144,000 are all slaughtered without the Lord coming back until after they're dead. Then they come back and see the Ancient of Days with the Ancient of Days. Uh, not with the Ancient of Days. They come back with the Son of Man. All right, to use Jesus' words. You shall not see it. You'll desire it, but you won't see it. 
Sorry. You're going to all die during the tribulation or you're all going to die a martyr's death. Verse 23. And they shall say to you, see here, this is the, the people, the goats of the tribulation, I think, or maybe believers of the tribulation. I don't know, but they're wrong because they're saying, oh, Christ has come back. Christ is here. Go to this church. Go to this state. Go to this country. You know, Christ is back. And they shall say unto you, see here or see there. Go not after them, nor follow them. Here's, here's the second coming of the Son of Man. For as the lightning that lighteth out of one part under heaven shineth unto the other part of, of heaven. You can see lightning from pretty far away. So shall also the Son of Man be in his day. When he comes, it'll be, I guess, like the sun or the moon descending to the earth. It can be seen around the world, whatever. Um, it's going to be a big deal. Maybe he comes slowly and it takes 24 hours to him to get to earth. I don't know. And everybody can see it. I don't know. That thought just occurred to me. Verse 25. But first must he suffer many things. I think it's talking about Jesus Christ and going back to the disciples about his uh, his physical torment of the last 24 hours of his life. Less than 24 hours. And be rejected of this generation, of the Jewish generation right there. Give us Barabbas. So he's talking about his first advent here. But he's also talking about his second advent when he comes back. And that's what the Lord's Prayer is all about. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. 144,000 we pray. I don't see any writer of the New Testament praying that prayer. Now Jesus, of course, but Jesus is talking to disciples that are much like the 144,000. And they... Rather than be fed the lions or whatever these happening to these people, great persecution under Nero. Uh, they anyway, verse twenty-five. But first, Christ must suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. So that's coming in about a week plus. The Passion Weeks takes a, a, a week. But again, when we finish this part ten. We're going to start with the triumphal entry in verse in, in part 28. And this is, I mean, part, part 11. Okay, verse 26. And it was in the days of Noah, as Jesus is still talking here. And as it was in the days of Noah. That's a little New Testament way of saying Noah. So shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man going to be like when the flood came. They did eat. They drank. They married wives. They were given in marriage. I think the people that can do this are the, the, non, the goats because the sheep are having a real hard time during the tribulation. And if he didn't come back before the seven years were up, none of them would be alive. Until the day, look that verse up, until the day that Noah, Google that verse. Noah, paraphrase it, and it'll probably lead, and then say Bible Hub, and it'll probably take you to a commentary on that. C O M. Anyway, unto the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. 
So the, the, the unbelievers are not destroyed until the second coming. The dead bodies that are on the ground at the second coming of Christ are the, the rapture from the church. We're going to get new bodies, just like uh, when you leave your body in physical death. You're still very much alive. Jesus was very much alive when he was in paradise, when he left the body. When he gave up the ghost on the cross, he was instantly in paradise. And so will we. When we die, when our, when our, when our spirit leaves our body, that spirit will be present with the Lord, absolute body present with the Lord. Now, I'm kind of glad I'm not going to go wait in paradise, although I'm sure it was very nice. But I mean, Adam was there a long time, about 4,000 years, I guess. Anyway, Abraham's bosom. And they did eat, they drank, married wives, and were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also, in the days of Lot, they did eat. Again, we're talking about unbelievers here. Unbelievers in the flood whose work was evil continually. That's why they, God wiped them out. It repented God that he had made man. Verse 28, he reconsidered. Those of you that always attached sin to repentance are in trouble when, when God repented 80% of the time that word is used, repented, in the Old Testament. Uh, verse 28, Likewise also it was in the days of Lot when they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all, all the Sodomites in Sodom and Gomorrah. Even thus shall it be in the day of the Son of Man. Now we're talking about the second coming. Not Lot, not Noah in the flood, but it'll be like that. I guess the, the, the unbelievers will be having a good time. I guess the Antichrist is going to take care of them, feed them, you're gonna get a. You're gonna just put your palm and your, your hand in a reader, and it's gonna, you know, let give you your allowance of food or whatever. Uh, even thus shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. Is revealed. So people are. It's gonna come to at least the lost people as a, of the, of the tribulation of the seven-year tribulation. It will come as a surprise. The Son of Man returning. Um, and it will be greeted with great joy by the believers. 144,000 have already been killed when the Lord comes back. In the verse 31, in that day, in that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife who turned around. Um, whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Okay. Um, 
uh, to be honest with you here, I'm having a little trouble with, uh, I want to equate this to the rapture. But I thought these were believers. Let's see what it, let's see what it says. In that day, he which shall be upon the rooftop. In what? The, the day the Son of Man is revealed. I don't think he's revealed necessarily in the rapture. I think we meet him in the, he doesn't come to the earth. But anyway, uh, and it's not, you know, the lightning and everybody sees him coming. I don't think that's, that's going to happen that way. He which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not go down and take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Lot was saved out of, and then she turned around and looked back. I don't know if she was an unbeliever or not, but she, she was told not to, you know, just don't, just go. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I'm just trusting Christ. I, I'm not really sure what this, I mean, to me, that's the way we should live our Christian life. This is the way the, the goats should live. That again, would not survive if Christ did not come back early. I tell you, in that night, there shall be two men. By the way, that word men is not in the original. That was added by the translators of the, of the King James, the majority text, or at least the King James. And they put it in, and they put in italics because of that. If you're reading along with me, you'll see it in the notes that I give you, uh, or the verses I put down. I tell you, that night there shall be two, let me read it without that word, that's not in the Greek, two in one bed, and the one shall be taken, and the other shall be left. You want to be left in this one. That's the way I take it. Some people could, uh, that's the way I was taught it by people that were much more knowledgeable than me in uh, What's this called? Study of end times, eschatology. Um, it's been a lifetime studying this. And me, I've just gotten interested in it in the last, it's just about the COVID came about. I got interested in it because a, a guy in my church was interested in it and I wanted to learn about it. Uh, two men, two women, which is not in the original. It's italics, it's added. Get a Greek lexicon and look them up, or a Strong's Concordance, and look up, and you can see these verses. I, I got the Greek in my uh, Myers uh, Esword, right there. You, you can go right to the Greek text, and sometimes one word in the Greek will have like be a whole sentence practically. Uh, Greek was very a lot of a lot of accents and whatever. Um, Two women shall be grinding together at corn, doing their daily work, and one shall be taken, the other one left. Again, you want to be left at this one. That's the way I was taught it. That's the way I'm going with it. It's the second coming of Christ. This is Jewish ground. Jewish people are not raptured out. They are um, 144,000, and any Jewish any Jewish believers that are killed prior to the second coming will be absent body present with the Lord. But these people 
are going to be physically with the Lord when he comes back. And that's what we're talking about here, the second coming. Two women shall be grinding and one shall, two, two shall be grinding together and one shall be taken and the other left. Two men, two, two shall be in the field and one shall be taken and the other left. Again, in all of these instances I'm teaching and other people disagree with me, but you want to be left in this. It doesn't matter. The Lord's going to take the right people. Trust me. You don't have to have, if he knows who he knows who's are his. My sheep have believed in me. He says in John chapter 10, the good shepherd discourse. So if you're a believer, you got nothing to worry about. First of all, you're not going to be here during the tribulation. You're going to be raptured out. Anyway, like Enoch, walked with God and was not. Two shall be in the field and one shall be taken and the other left. Last verse. And they answered, this would be the, who's he talking to here? He's talking to, weren't the Pharisees that started this whole thing? Sorry. Um, no, he's talking to the disciples here. Sorry. He left the Pharisees. But anyway, um, and they answered, and they answered and said unto him, the disciples, Where? Where, Lord? What spot on the earth is this going to take place? And here's the answer that just gives you an idea of the second coming of Christ, in my opinion. And Jesus said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, Thither shall the eagles be gathered together. Just where? The battle of Armageddon? Just look for the, the, the scavenger birds. There's a lot of dead bodies on the ground. But they're going to be absent from the body and absent from the Lord. The believers that were martyred during the tribulation will be absent from the body and present with the Lord, and the believers that survive the tribulation will live on into the millennium. So the millennium starts with nothing but believers, just like Adam and Eve were believers, until they stop believing, trusting in, trusting on. And Christ was talked about in the garden. And the seed of the woman shall bruise Satan's head, and, and Satan shall bruise his heel. I would much rather get bruised in the heel than I would in the head. Anyway, moving right along. All right, next podcast, Season 2, Episode 121, Lord Willing. Two parables on prayer. The importunate widow, which I think I talked about before, probably in another passage. But anyway, the importunate widow, that's the one that's persistent, you know. And I, I think I kind of entitled that episode, uh, you know, ask, go to the Lord in prayer and be, be persistent to the point of annoying. You're his child. You, you can boldly go to the throne. Be careful for nothing, even in prayer. Be careful for nothing, but in everything. By prayer and supplication. With, in everything. Let the, and maybe he'll, 
if you go to your parents and ask you for ask for a, you know a Corvette and they say look you know they'll explain to you why you're not going to get one and you might ask the Lord for something and he have to show you in his word why you're not going to get it anyway two parables on prayer the importunate widow importunate means persistent to the point of annoying and the Pharisee and the publican so we'll take a look at those uh, Lord willing in episode 121 I will say adios and vaya con Dios.